0: This is Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email
1: Steve at VeryBold.com. And now here's your host, Steve Teal. Hey, this is Steve Teal with Very Bold Radio and Podcast. I am so blessed today, and you're about to be blessed because we are going to talk to Luke Smallbone of For King and Country, First of all, you're going to be blessed if you get to go to the HEB Center in Cedar Park right there in Austin, December 5th. I love Sunday night concerts. They're the best. Four King and Country is coming with their Christmas Little Drummer Boy. It's going to be huge. It is going to be epic. I know epic gets used a lot, but that's just who these guys are. They do an incredible show, entertaining, and so much talent. And the best thing is Jesus is going to show up, and he's going to speak to you. Let's say hey to Luke. How are you doing today, Luke?
0: I'm great, man. Thanks for uh, taking the time to chat with me, man. We appreciate
1: it. Well, I appreciate you doing this, and I appreciate your grace. As I mentioned off air, just uh, we tried to talk to you last Friday. We were having problems on our end. Meanwhile, you guys were having some challenges of your own as you had, I believe, were trying to make it to Fargo. Is that right?
0: That's right. Yeah, we got uh, caught in some weather. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I looked up at my phone that morning, and it said uh, warning blizzard conditions outside. And so, yeah, we had a truck. Uh, uh, actually, I think it was two trucks that had their two. brakes uh, brake lines freeze. Oh and, uh, and so that uh, delayed uh, the trucks what that one uh, two of the three ended up making it, wow. but uh, one of them never showed up. And so we had to kind of change the way we were doing things a little bit, which is uh, always uh, an but uh, kind of fun and intriguing nonetheless. and so uh, but we made it. Uh, the show went off, and uh, we were we got through it. We got through it safely and uh, very grateful for that.
1: Well, I'm grateful too, and I, I want to know a little bit more because um, I went online and I watched, and I don't know if it was your brother Ben or somebody else that videoed and filmed and put together, basically like a five-minute drama uh, documentary, like watching you all decide. Do we postpone the show in Fargo? Do we go with it? How do we deal with missing at least one truck? Um, and so, I mean, it was like this great captivating five minute film, short film that was pretty spectacular. So I'm curious, one of the, inthi- one of the insights I want to know is I believe Joel at one point said something like, well, we'll do this in the round, but I'm not going to tell Luke yet because he hates doing concerts in the round. So <laughs> tell me, tell me about that. What's that about?
0: Yeah, well, uh, it's, uh, concerts in the round are interesting because you, you're, you're in the middle and though you're close to the people, for you to actually perform well, you, you basically always have to be just going around in circles. So, you, you know, you're going to perform from one direction for, you know, a few seconds. You're going to perform to the next. You're going to keep going. And so you're basically always continually moving. And you yeah. don't necessarily get to build kind of a really close relationship with it, sometimes the people yeah, from yeah. my perspective. Now, the audience may think differently. Yeah. You know, so it's it's, it's more of just uh, it's a lot of a, a, a little bit more of a muscle, and it's a it's you know you kind of have to work it out in a different way, and it just gets a little bit difficult trying to uh, you know work yeah. out the best way to do it because it's a one off, you know, so you're just going to do that one time, yeah. and then you're on to something else, you know, and so that was the uh, that was the challenge with that one, but you know what, I actually really enjoyed it. It was uh, it was different, but under the circumstance, it was kind of the only option that we actually had. Yeah. and that's kind of what I realized pretty quickly. Was yeah, I get it. There's not a whole lot of not a whole lot else we can do right now. So this makes all the sense in the world.
1: Now, how hard was it for you or for Joel that you you guys truly? I mean, I think you put on the best concert out there. Like your concert events that I've been to are to me they're second to none. They're just, I mean, they're amazing. It's obviously a part of just who you guys are that you want to put on this amazing production along with I mean you guys have incredible vocal talent. Your songs are, are amazing, but that production is is really strong too. Uh so how hard was it just to say, even for Joel, to say, oh man, we're not going to have everything that we planned.
0: Well, that's always a little bit of the the challenge is yeah. you know when whenever something kind of goes awry, you start thinking through what what it could have been. And in some cases, you got to change your feeling from not what could have been, but more so that if you you know another perspective is if you don't figure out a way to solve some of these issues, yeah, there's people that are flying into town. There's people that are driving hours and hours to plan for a show. And a lot of times they're coming for. The music, they're coming for the night. Yeah. They're coming for the hope of it. They're not coming for, mm. you know, in, in this case, elevators that we have in the air or, <laughs> you know, <laughs> fun little tricks that we have or, <laughs> you know, uh, streamers that are shooting in the you know audience or confetti. Like those are cherry on top type things. but yeah. That's not the reason why they're coming. And so sometimes you just have to get back to the simplicity of at the end of the day, it, it, you know, people are coming to coming to experience something that not produ- production isn't the thing that is. The utmost isn't the, right. the, the most important. Obviously, you know, you've got you're trying to display Jesus for people. You're trying to put on, uh, you know, we've all walked right. through some crazy things over the last year and a half. You're trying right. to display hope. And uh, that yeah. can be done without uh, elevators and streamers and confetti.
1: Yeah, but the elevator – those cherries on top are pretty awesome too.
0: They are fun. They are fun. Yeah, when you can have them, we always want them. (laughs) Right, right, right,
1: right. Well, talk to me. Um, I feel like you have a unique perspective uh, and I'm curious about your last year and a half and your perspective, unless you're just tired of talking about that. Um, But I'm curious because I know from your life, man, you have been through it like – You've had experiences time and time again. I've got like a timeline in front of me and I might read it at some point in case people don't realize like all that you've been through starting back in 2012 that I'm aware of. There might have been a lot before then, but I have uh, all my notes like uh, seven, eight things in green notes of what you've been through. So I feel like, and maybe we come back to some of those things. Um, So could you just tell me some of your perspective over the last year and a half or two years of what that's looked like for you. Have you grown? Have you just anything that you have? Unless, like I said, if you're tired of talking about it, I'm okay.
0: No, no, it's all good. No, absolutely. Look, I think that, you know, we all walk through things uh, to – and anything that you walk through, you can learn from, you can benefit from. I mean, you know, Scripture says, you know, God uses all things for for his glory, right? And so that also means mistakes. That also means things that may not be – Ideal. That also means things that even when you were at your worst, God can still figure out ways to to redeem and, and make uh, make a little different. And look, for us, you know, yeah. our experience was a little bit different in that I uh, we live in the country. We live kind of in the middle of nowhere, and you know, for the most part, the the, the lockdowns that were, when it was real extreme. Anyway, I mean, yeah, you just saw less cars on the road. You know, it wasn't <laughs> a whole lot different in yeah. the sense of of what we experienced. But you take, you, you replace that with someone who's got four kids in a 600 square foot flat in New York city. That's a very different scenario. Yeah. Right. And so for us, I feel, I, I feel like I was a part, probably a part of the privileged, uh, mm. you know, uh, demographic where it, it was, it was a little bit of a reprieve. Yes. We didn't know ah. where, how we were going to make an income or we didn't know some <laughs> of these other things, but we, we were together. We were in the country, We were able to make some memories as a family that we otherwise wouldn't. And so now that's not the norm. That's not everybody's story. Um, But that was what, that was kind of what we walked through.
1: Right. Talk to me about some of those family memories, if you don't mind, just sharing, like, what did that look like for you guys?
0: Well, to put it in perspective, it was the, the, my wife and I, we've been married 11 years, Courtney and I. And we have, that was the longest amount of time consecutively that I'd been home in my entire marriage. So if you just take the stability <laughs> of like, you know, Luke's going to be here a month from now, you know, yeah. where usually if I've got a month, sometimes they're like, hey, can we zip you out to L.A.? we've well, we got we've got some writing sessions or we got this, you know, promotional opportunity or we got these. So even when you think sometimes that there's, you know, time, you know, occasionally those t- things change. And so I yeah. think for us, it was just. Being home, we had a little uh, a little girl uh, in January, yes. and so yes. just being home for you know most yeah. of the time when we had a, a child, that was home for at least two or three weeks. But then you're kind of back at it. So yeah. with Evie, I was home for a really extended portion for basically all of her infancy. Like when, when she was just a really small little girl, I was basically home for it. And you know you don't get those you don't get that first three months back that newborn phase. Right. And so to be be able to enjoy that and really be there and, and help uh, in the the degree that you know I had always hoped I could was really uh, was really thrilling and enjoyable
1: oh man that is that is really great well congratulations on Evie how's she doing she's what about 10 months old around there she is 10 months
0: old she absolutely is yeah. she's 10 months old she's doing great she's a you know our, our sweetest little baby I mean she's our first girl so I yeah. don't have a whole lot to compare it to other than you know, rowdy boys, but uh, she's <laughs> been nothing but a, a delight so far. And, you know, we can afford, like, look, our kids are all sweet. They're all nice kids, but, you know, they're boys. And so the, just the <laughs> the gentleness the, and the femininity that she brings into our our household as far as just being one of the kids is kind of really beautiful and, and lovely and we're really... All the kids adore her and, and love. Uh, just They get to dote on her and love on her. It's a really special thing so far.
1: Yeah, that's great. Well, the boys, I mean, yeah, have they adjusted? Because usually those boys, I mean, like you said, they're rowdy. Um, you were probably pretty rowdy with Joel growing up, I'm assuming, and, and Ben and the others. Uh, so have yeah. they been able to adopt that sort of gentle spirit towards Oh, uh, yeah. Now, yeah?
0: yes. I, it's probably more my wife's doing them than mine in that <laughs> All the boys are very gentle like they, they're rowdy and they want they, they know when to rough house yeah. if they're with boys you know they rough house but when it comes to the other their other siblings they're they're actually very they're just very tender-hearted kids and so you tell them something wow. um, a little bit uh sad they're with you you know I, I told something to my my uh, my oldest boy the other day and I, I saw him just get teary-eyed you know and so they're very wow. they've got very tender souls and so it, it kind of really works well with 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 Abby, because they're really her, you know, they're her big brothers, but they're, they're going to be the ones that usher in what it looks like for for her one day to, to be looking for a, a man in her life. I hope that they look to not only, you know, hopefully dad did an OK job, but <laughs> also her brothers saying, yeah, well, my brothers treated me like this. That's the type of guy that I expect in my life.
1: Right. When you, could you talk just a little bit about fatherhood and when you talk about being a role model uh, for her to know what she should be looking for and the, the brothers as well? But what's it mean to you just to be that dad that the boys also are like, man, I want to be like my dad? How important is that to you? Yeah. And what does that look like?
0: Well, I think that that's, uh, that's the greatest honor and the greatest, you know, if you want to call it, job that you yeah. can be given because you know mother Teresa said this she said if you want to change the world go home and love your family mm, uh, come you on. know at the end of the day people think that because you have maybe yourself included you got a, a job that's in front of people you got to communicate you got to do these things that that's the ultimate no no no. this is a part of who i am is not who i am i mean i'm a i'm a husband yeah and i am a father and I love the yeah. – I love the resp- – I actually cherish the responsibility. I love the fact that I have kids that are watching me. I think sometimes people wow. are like, man, you've always got a kid with you out in the road. You know, what, what does that feel like? I mean, they're just always there. They're always – well, that's – I mean, Jesus is doing the same thing. Yeah, there right? you go. So maybe my – you know, in a very tangible way, it, it's always – I'm always reminded I got these kids here, that they're going to walk through things as they get older, as they're boys. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, there's, there, there's accountability there. And so my hope is that they see, look – my, I hope they get to say that my dad was never perfect. Right. But he, never, he never told me that he was going to be perfect, but he taught me about the things that mattered. He taught me about the love of Jesus. He taught me how to love uh, one another. He told me how to care for the poor. He told me how to care for, for people that at times are, are difficult to love. Yeah. He told me what was right and wrong. Those those are the things that I, I enjoy teaching. It's not always a walk in the park, as we all know with being a parent. <laughs> right, But uh, it's a great responsibility. And, and at the end of the day, you know, kids are a lot of times a little bit like puzzles. You know, the moment that they're going going in the right direction, yeah. they're going to surprise you and all of a sudden kind of go in the opposite direction. And it's up to us to figure out solutions of, okay, I tried that. That yeah. didn't work. All right, let's go back to the drawing board and let's figure out another way to teach them X, Y, or Z. And that's kind of – I enjoy that challenge.
1: Man, that that's a great analogy. I love that analogy of the puzzle. Are you pretty good at uh – sort of being adaptable and just going with the flow. Like sometimes, you know, it's amazing. You you have three boys. Is that right? Three
0: boys and a girl. Yeah. Right. Right. Kids, yeah.
1: So, I mean, you have three boys, but they probably all have different personalities. I mean, God made them a certain yeah. way. Maybe one of them's yeah. a little bit more like the other. And so sometimes yeah. one thing works for this one, but doesn't work on the, for the other and the love languages and all that stuff. Have you noticed yeah. that sort of thing as well?
0: Oh absolutely look i think the, the adaptability for me uh, you know I grew up on the road my uh, my yeah. dad and my sister are are you know' doing music right. and uh and so we grew up on the road doing and so adaptability it literally if you can't adapt on the road, yeah I mean you're not gonna survive okay. and so I don't know if that's something that's applicable to to parenting yeah. you know but uh, but at the end for of the sure. idea, uh, sorry at the end of the day, most of parenting is you know, my, my mom used to say this. She said, you know, look, I don't really care how you behave when everything is going your way. Oh. But tell me how tell me how, how you are and, you know, demonstrate what type of character you have when things are going wrong. Yeah. And I think a lot of parenting is, is that. It's like, hey, no, I don't care if you lost. I don't yeah. care if you failed the test. Yeah. That's part of life. That's going to That's be there. But what you are in charge of is, is what you can control. Uh, when those things do take place, you know who are you at the core? And I think, you know, throwing your kids—I'm one of those guys. It's like, yeah, I like my kids to be in bed at a certain time, but sometimes it's good for them to be up, you yeah. know, when you're doing an event or whatever, and it's late. Like, hey, right, you being tired and misbehaving is not a good enough excuse for me. You know, you got to come up with something better than that. It's just, <laughs> just because you're tired doesn't mean you can be a miserable kid. You know, <laughs> who cares? You got to—you got to figure out a way to overcome that. You know, <sighs> so stuff like that. I think that thats great. Hopefully. That, you know, that you're trying to teach your kids how to overcome things,
1: right? Well, let me tell you something. You're you're teaching us how to overcome things again. Just alluding to some of the things that you've gone through um, in the last, well, the last decade, the uh, entirety of your marriage. Uh, you've just been through a lot. And I for people that don't know, I just want to touch on it so they don't start, like, guessing or imagining. I mean, you did nearly die from a life-threatening disease. That was 2012. Um, your wife, it's documented, and she shares her testimony of, in 2014, being pregnant and having so much nausea, uh, dealing with PTSD, anxiety, and becomes addicted to the nausea medicine, which obviously, um, you know, you all walked through that. That's pretty serious. Uh, January 2018. Um, Your two-month-old son at the time almost dies of sudden infant death syndrome, needs skull reconstruction surgery, 2019 miscarriage. Um, twenty twenty one praise god uh evie 's born, but I believe this past May you had vocal cord surgery. I mean you are the poster child for hey, guess what Christian life is hard even for Christians, but just what your mom said what you 're like when you go through adversity reveals your character, reveals your faith, really reveals who you are, so I feel like you 're the real deal that 's what I feel like luke
0: Oh, well you 're sweet man well <laughs>
1: no it 's true uh
0: look uh you know, pain is relative, right? Yeah. So You can you say you look at that, and in the Western world, maybe people go, "Okay, wow, Luke, you know he's been through a lot, right?" Yeah. Yeah. But you go and you go and take a different scenario, and say, "Well, for one, you go to the, the 1940s in Europe, very yeah. different story. Yeah. Uh, you go through you go through a lot of countries in Africa yes. right now, very very different story. Yeah. Um. So pain is something that is that's ex the the pain that I have felt is the most pain that I've ever experienced. But my pain compared to not knowing where food is for the rest of the day, waking up, you know, it's, it's a, it's a different, you know, there's a different set of circumstances, but you know, to, to, to maybe just offer a little bit of a different thought, you know, pain and, 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 and suffering, I think a lot of times is more of a a honor than we we give it credit because when you go through pain and you go through suffering, you get to see the, the, the love of Jesus in a, in a unique way. And so for me, I don't desire to go through maybe some of it. Because at, at the end of the day, my life got complicated when I started doing music. Yeah, you know? It was when all the bad oh, things started that's happening. That's interesting. And, and, and so if, if you were to, you know, if you go you go through that, it's easy to go and say, well, man, I, I, you know, I've, I've done all these things for you, God, and yeah, this is how I get rewarded. I think I would like to reverse it and say, man, mm. I've got to see my wife pray over my son who's lifeless in in our driveway, come back to life. I got to see, you know, my body go from being just totally distraught and just messed up with a disease to maybe not perfect, but, but at least healed. I've gotten to see what it looks like to walk through, you know, my child who had done nothing wrong, go through a skull reconstruction surgery and you take him in there and you give him to the doctors yeah. And there's this, like, I'm giving him up, right? Yes. don't know what the outcome really is. And yet three days later, he's looking at me as we're taking him away from the hospital and he's smiling at me. Wow. You, get, you go through these things and you start to see the nature of the father's love. I mean, that's what everybody said. Like, when you have become a father, mm-hmm. you're going to understand things a different way. But you can, you can intellectualize these things and you can tell yourself he loves me this much and you can try and go – uh, you know, I I know what it says in scripture, but when you actually get to live it a little bit and you get to see, wow! Look at how things have transpired. Look at the wow. look at how God has used suffering. Look at how God has done certain things. You actually believe it. Yes, you don't just intellectualize it. It becomes a part of you. And I, you know, for yeah. me, it's very hard for me to look back and be too upset. Right. Because who wouldn't want to, Who wouldn't want to go through some of the
1: things that I've gone through? When you get to see who Jesus really is and how he really feels about you. Oh man, that is good. So you are, I mean, you are battle tested though, even though I like your perspective and your humility um, instead of making your pain and suffering like the world's pain and suffering. I, I really appreciate the humility that you bring to us and reminder that it is relative and yet to be able to talk about pain in that way um and to talk about it and suffering as an honor it's just something I think we need to hear. Is there anything else to add on to that? Just, I love how you say it's an honor.
0: Well, man, I, I, maybe I don't have a whole lot a, a whole lot else to say. I, look, I, I, I'm a very normal person yeah. who is trying to navigate what it means to, you know, right. um, love Jesus. Yes. But I think sometimes we remove ourselves, the ability to take very, very difficult things and, and. You know, I look, I look at Bible characters, man, yes. and you look at what Paul walked through and what did he say, count it all joy right. when you experience trials of any kind. Well, to be honest, I don't think I understood what that verse meant yeah. until I walked through some trials. Yeah. And you walk through trials and you go, you go, man, you know, when I was really, 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 really sick, it was one of the first times, it's the only time I've ever gotten to a point where I go, oh, I see when people get somewhat close to the end that they look at death being a little bit of a relief because you're in mm. so much pain, but then you start going, man, but what if the way that I died could be used for the, for, for Jesus? What if by the way, cause I, I used to get super freaked out about going to these doctor's appointments. Cause I always got told bad news. You know, I got told yeah. I was getting worse. So I got told. Yeah. But then I, I felt really convicted yeah. to, uh, to, to go to those appointments and, and count it all joy. So I would go there what? and I would try to chat with these nurses Yeah, and we'd have these wonderful conversations. Well, man, if I hadn't had some of these difficult things that I walked through, yeah. I would never have been, have been able to have some of the experiences I had with some of these people that looked at me like, why are, you, why are you like this? Right. And, man, that's how – I mean, look, I'm not a perfect person and there were times where sure. they probably saw fear in my eyes. But I, uh, I kind of got what Paul was saying for the yeah. first time in my life.
1: Yeah, that is strong. That is really strong, man. Okay. Well, if you if you don't mind just giving us a few more minutes, could you could you do that? Oh, yeah. You're good. Okay. Okay. You're good. Um I kind of want to just segue a little bit um into just thinking about the Christmas story itself, especially since you guys are coming for King & Country, a drummer a drummer boy Christmas, and just thinking about Mm. how Jesus, how God sent Jesus, and how, to me, if I was God, I would have orchestrated everything nice and smooth and nice and easy, but that's not what God does. I mean, talk about being a a father as a job. Joseph gets this job out of the blue, unexpected to to step into this role as a stepfather. You talk about the travels that Mary and Joseph have to take. To me, like God knew this was the perfect time that Jesus would come, and yet he can't arrange for a hotel room or for a house to be available for Mary and Joseph and the Messiah of the world. To me, everything about it is like, man, Jesus lived that, I mean, he came into that hard world the hard way, just as some of the experiences you have been like. So tell me a little bit about what Christmas means to you, and uh, we're excited that you're coming to Austin, what that uh, is going to translate as we, uh, celebrate with you. Yeah. Well,
0: look, I think Christmas is the hope of the world, right? Yeah. And you, you have a bunch of, uh, rules and regulations prior. Yeah. And then because of Jesus, you got given grace. Yeah. And the, the beautiful thing about grace is, is, you know, you, uh, And look, if I sound too churchy, then uh, (laughs) forgive me. But, you know, grace, what is truly remarkable about about it is like people should just go and look like go to Webster's and and actually look at the definition. Mm. Mm. Because you you start to realize that most of what we do, certainly in the Western world, is we do things based off of, you know, behavior. So if I did this, I deserve to get paid for this. If I was acting this way, then I deserve to be treated with respect. If I did this for you, then you should repay me. Well, grace defeats all of that yeah. because it's not based off of our performance. It's not based off of, uh, of who we are. It's not based off of the things that we've accomplished. It's based off of just that he created you and yeah. you're made in his image and he adores you and he loves you. Yeah. And that's what Christmas really, to me, mm. it, it, uh, that's what it represents. And the reason why I say it's the hope of the world because I don't know anybody that doesn't want to be treated with grace. Yeah. I don't know anybody that doesn't want when one person was mistreated with the, the other person, they go, Hey man, that's all good. Yeah. That's the greatest thing in the world. When you, when you know you deserve to be treated one way, and somebody goes, Ah man, it doesn't bother me. You're forgiven. It's all good. You're sitting yeah. there going, But I, I treated you that way. And they go, Yeah, don't care. Yeah. You go, Well, that is, that is otherworldly. Yeah. That's when you start to realize that's not, that's not common. You know, C.S. Lewis right. says that, you know, you know uh, uh, heaven must be real because why else would we desire it? That's the truth. We desire grace. It's just not what we find on earth.
1: Right. Man, that is really, really good. I I see it just kind of all coming together. I mean, you went through adversity, and God used that, and your joy that was tested and became real— and for people to see that like it's one thing for them to see you up on stage and it looks looks great 5000 10000 people singing along with you looks like the rock and roll rock you know rock star life but to know no this guy's faith is real this guy's joy is real and then i could say even on a small scale and this is a ridiculous uh, illustration but i'm going to throw it out there anyway cuz i can uh, just the grace that you showed us in, um, us having some technical problems last week. It would have been real easy for a lot of people just to say, Hey, I made time for you once. I'm not going to make time for you again. I, I'm, you're busy. And so I just want to thank you, even though that's a small example, um, for that grace that you gave to not only make time another time to come on, uh, very bold radio, but also, to then go long and uh, just bless us with your wisdom and your insights and you're, you're very thoughtful and and we just really appreciate it, Luke.
0: Oh man, you have uh, encouraged my soul today, man. So thank you very much for the prayer before we got on air, but also just for the conversation. And uh, thank you for, uh, yeah, thank you very much for the time, man. It's a, uh, it's an honor always to get to chat about these things.
1: Man, thanks a lot, Luke, and we are just really excited. December 5th, 2021, uh it's coming up in Austin, the HEB Center in Cedar Park. It's a great great venue and uh, I do love Sunday nights. Like you go to church that morning and then we're just going to celebrate and have an amazing time with you guys. And I don't does your Christmas show last question, does your Christmas show have some of those elevators and things or is it a little bit more subdued? What's Oh, no, explain?
0: this'll this'll be the biggest one we've done yet. It'll have the most uh, it'll have the most uh, cherry on top. That's for sure.
1: <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much, Luke. You really are a blessing and I uh, can't wait to see you guys uh, live and it's it's going to be awesome. So, thank you. No worries, man. Appreciate the time. Thanks very much. All right. Thank you, Luke. Well, uh, thank
0: you, man. Appreciate All right. it.
1: God bless you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. You as well, man. Thank you. All right. That was Luke Smallbone, uh, for King and Country. I didn't even go through. If you don't know for King and Country, you, you've got to. Uh, their late, latest, uh, they, they've won eight Grammys. That's ridiculous. Eight Grammys. And, uh, been nominated for countless more, um, artists of the year, doves, all, all the things they've, they've won a bunch. And God only knows, um, but they've got Burn the Ships. They've got, uh, Amen is out right now. Run Wild, Live Free, all these big hits. And then, uh, their rendition of the drummer, drummer boy is really cool. So I, I am really excited to go to this concert, but it's more than a concert. It's an opportunity to experience the power and love of Jesus. And when we get together as 5,000 people and we're going to be singing those songs together and these guys put on a show, I mean, you don't want to miss it. They put on a show and when we experience it together, we're going to feel the power and that grace that Luke was talking about and we're going to experience together that joy that Luke was talking about. So I want to see you there. Come up and find me, Steve Teal. Very bold radio and podcast. Thanking Shemaya and Catherine for helping out today. Really appreciate it. And I want to remind you, as you're listening to the podcast or the radio show or right here on Facebook, just man, that hope that was tested, that Luke went through and is real, is revealed, proven to be true in his life. His faith is real. I pray that it is revealed in your life to be to be true, proven true, proven genuine as you've come through something hard, your faith being tested, and yet you come through victorious and still have that joy. That's what I want to see in your life. And that's what the Apostle Paul wrote about. When we come through something like that, even though we know we're going to face it again, more trials are coming coming more adversity is coming but Jesus is using that suffering he is producing character he's producing endurance those things that we need uh, I want you to know though this is the hope that we have that Jesus is with you he is in it he is for you even when you're suffering and because of that hope Paul writes this second Corinthians 3:12 therefore since we have such a hope we are very bold. Very Bold Radio and
0: Podcast with your host Steve Teal, Bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates And email Steve at VeryBold.com